Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you inside the GGN News Network with your host with the most, Finding Nemo, a.k.a. Nemo Hoes. And today on my show, she's an actress. She's a writer. She's a producer. She's the one and only Lena. Wait a minute. Jamie motherfucking Fox. Last name Fox, first name Jamie, middle name motherfucker. When you see me out, you say, hey, there goes Jamie motherfucker. Bit Ox. Holla. Have a look. It's <laughs> Kathy Bates. One of the real legends of comedy, one of the real kings of this thing. I'm talking about the one and only Martin Lawrence. You feel good, you know what I mean? That's that's that young, ferocious cue. Bitch. This goes you. a long way back, man. Woo. We got stories, man. Man, stories to story, tell. Baby. So happy to be here with you, Snoop. Snoop, what's happening? What's man, happening? Come on, dog. This is a, this robe is incredible. What this, does it say? Versace? Yeah, Versace, Versace, Versace. Versace, Versace, Versace. Yeah. Versace. You might have to get you one of these. So you step I want your, one of those. You're pimping up, man. You know <laughs> but it matches my skin. <laughs> no, for real though. But when you wear it, you can't have nothing on. You just got to just be naked with just this on it. And you have her come by and say, hey, baby, how you doing? And That's all I want to be. Open and close on them. You know what I'm talking it's about? It's a one-buttoner. Exactly. You can open and close all in one night. Exactly. <laughs> it's fantastic. In a real way. Have you ever sold weed or yeah. been a drug mule? Uh, I've sold mushrooms in, in high school. Yeah, I sold weed and mushrooms in high school, for sure. Uh, Were you good at it? No, because my parents found an ounce of mushrooms oh, uh, under my bed when I was 13 years old. <laughs> because it was actually my yearbook that got me. Because uh, me and my friends got like a big score of mushrooms, like ounces and ounces of mushrooms. <laughs> and we were going to sell the mushrooms. Because mushrooms at times are very hard to come by. Mm -hmm. And so that was our big plan for the summer is we were going to get all these mushrooms and sell them. And then someone wrote in my yearbook like, I can't believe we finally got all those mushrooms. I can't wait to sell them or something oh like my that. God. And then my parents read my yearbook and saw that, and then they searched my room and, and found, found a, a ton of mushrooms. And you what's fucked what? up is I haven't even done mushrooms yet. I didn't do mushrooms for years and years after that. I am one to say that I have tried mushrooms, They're great. And, and I love them. They're fantastic. But I become an emotional wreck. <laughs> I would I, love to see that. <laughs> oh, I, I was in Amsterdam, and I believe I was performing with Run DMC, and I was crying behind the stage. For because of how <laughs> proud you were of yourself for being know, up there. I just was crying for about 30 minutes, and they was like, man, get on stage. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I did too many mushrooms in Amsterdam, too, on time. I've eaten them in meals, too, and like spaghetti. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they good like that. I find they can just kind of ruin the flavor of whatever you're eating. Yeah, it's nasty. They taste disgusting. Yeah, it's nasty. You're like, ooh, I'm going to put mushrooms on my pizza. And you're like, oh, now all I have is a pizza that tastes like shit. Do you surf? Have you ever surfed? No, but I got somebody that's going to teach me how to surf. Really? The reason why I don't surf is because... What would you wear? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the first motherfucker with a khaki... Uh, with a khaki... A velour wetsuit. <laughs> yeah, khaki wetsuit. Uh, his shit was creased up, too. He had creases in his shit. For real. No, the reason why I don't do it is because I see... When that wave hit, some reason motherfuckers go underwater for about 30 seconds, yeah. and then you got to find your way back to the top. Like, yeah. that shit would freak me out to be underwater for that motherfucking long. Me too. Trying to figure out where the fucking top is at, and then somebody says, you just got to find the light, bud. I don't want find that. Find the light. You find the light. I'm afraid of sharks, too. That part was the next thing, sharks. Yeah. Like, I snowboard, and I wouldn't snowboard if there were big monsters that jumped out of the <laughs> snow. And fucking ate your ass if there was like a one percent chance they're like oh by the way in the snow there's like monsters that might pop out of the snow and fucking eat you i'd be like i don't want to snowboard that fucking badly but 
People still surf. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah, they do. I did a place called Cakes and Turcos, I think that's the name Another of it. Other way around. Yeah, we had Turks and Caicos. Yeah. yeah, that thing, right? So I did that it's right. It's about time Turks got to go, yeah. Caicos got to go first. Exactly. So I'm out there, right? I'm in the water, and I'm playing catch with somebody, dude. I don't even know this dude, but he like, Snoop, let's play catch. I'm like, all right, what fuck you it. Say? I'm on the beach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm playing catch with him and shit. We all in the water playing catch. He throwing and I'm catching. As soon as I step out the water, I see something like about this big and black. I'm like, man, what the fuck? Was is it that? your dick? No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking, it was a fucking baby shark. Oh shit! You can't win in water with a shark. What you gonna do? You don't have nothing to. to you punch it. That's what they say. <laughs> punch a shark. I couldn't punch a human. <laughs> well, you gonna punch it at though? I know it's all shark. <laughs> mm. You produce dear white people? Yeah. Me and some other friends of mine. Angel what the Lopez, fuck made you do that? <laughs> you fucked Jeff. I seen that shit on Netflix. I was watching that shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Look, Justin Simeon, you know, talking about voices and students. Like... You play too much. <laughs> You play too much with that one. I say, you go now. Look, look, man. It was needed to be said, you know. And look, Justin Simeon, I think, is... He, to me, is a, is a... He's so brilliant. He's so smart. He has such a great vision. And I read that script many, many years ago, and I was like, this is dope. I'm like, this is necessary. And the cool thing about it was it just sort of lasted. It's sort of... It, 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 it held... So it was so good, even after all the years that he had done it. And we were like... We really want to, I want to help him bring it to the world because I just thought his voice was so important. And now it's a, a series on Netflix, which mm-hmm. I think is really lit. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I think, he, you know, we need that voice. We need Shout that out to voice. Netflix for giving up a real voice to the people to express themselves Hell yeah. and not put water in the cup. Come you know? on. Let them, let them do what we do. Give it to us straight with no chaser. Diversity is important because we live in a very diverse world. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the TV we watch will reflect that. And I think a big part of it is, you know, it's not enough just to have us in front of the camera, but we got to be behind the camera as well. And because I'm a writer, you know, I really want to help support other writers of color who should be in these rooms. Because when you don't involve people that look like us in the process, in the creative process, that's when it becomes exploitation. When you don't involve people that look like us in the process, in the creative process, that's when it becomes exploitation. And so for me, I think we have to be a part of the stories that we're telling that, about people that look like us. So when you when you pick roles that, that people offer you, what is it about the role that makes you say, I'm in? Well, you know what's interesting? Because my journey with acting sort of was born out of really awesome uh, cast and directors, because I had no intention of entering into that world. Um, but Allison Jones, who's a phenomenal casting director, she, she was like, you should be on the, you know, in front of the screen. And I was like, uh, okay. So she brought me in for some stuff, and one of the things was Master of None, and I'm grateful to her for that. Uh, but for me, the cool thing about me is, like, I don't always give you what the character is. I'm going to give you me. Yeah. And if you think that's a cool way to go with the character, cool, let's rock. And so wow. I'm really grateful that Aziz and Alan were like, because the character, she was supposed to be, I think, a straight chick, you know, mm-hmm. in their crew. And they met me, and they're like, you know what? She's going to be a black lesbian with, some, with a sense of style, a little bit of swag, and um, and I'm really grateful that they went back and changed uh, a lot of the episodes for me. See, that's dope that you have an effect on paper. Like, mm-hmm. when they write the paper, right, I wrote this script, and then I think you'd be awesome, and then you get that motherfucking blood. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Like, Fuck that. You can't write for me. I'm about to Fuck do it this way. Now. I got y'all. Then the script comes to life. Yeah. Because the script is just a piece of paper that I can do this shit to <laughs> all day. Until you got the motherfucker that can bring it to life, then the script becomes magic. And then you get Emmys. 
Thank you. Did you watch the Martin Lawrence show? Hell yeah. Every, I mean, it, that was that was the Bible. Like it was like every day after the, you saw the episode, you came in and you did your impress, impersonation of Martin, and you did your version of the jokes. Um, and I literally, there's so much I think of my personality that was born out of watching so much Martin, um, because he, I think, for my generation, he was sort of our Eddie Murphy, wow. and obviously he was a student of him, and obviously Eddie was a student of Richard, but Martin was. I mean, it was that everything. You know, you, you sit in the same seat he was just sitting in like about how long ago was he sitting in that chair? Grab this. Oh, about man. an hour and a half ago. What? Yeah. I'm mad I missed him. Marty, Martin, man, I don't even know where to begin, man. I mean, do I go back to, to house party or do I start with, with with the Dev Comedy Jam or do I go to your show? I mean, where well, do we start? Well, do the right thing started it off. You know, that's um that that was the movie movie kickoff career mm -hmm. for me. You know, Spike Lee gave me that opportunity through Robin Harris. Right. So, you know, I got a big opportunity. And then from there, House Party came. Mm. So Robin Harris spoke up on you to Spike Lee. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, Spike was meeting with uh, Robin at a hotel. And uh, Robin uh, said, uh, Spike, you need to take a look at uh, Martin. You know, he's funny. And Spike said, you performing tonight at the Comedy Act Theater? I said, yeah. So he came down and checked me out. And uh, that rest was history. What was the goal of the show when you started? Uh, to be a hit, to, you know, to be on the air for some years and, uh, you know, to get the, the, uh, the uh, just of the show across right. to people about relationships, young, young relationships and stuff. So, you know, to get that point across. How many episodes did you finally end up doing? A hundred and something, hundred and something episodes. So you syndicated? Yeah, we syndicated. See, that's that key word that a lot of y'all don't know. Syndication is key. When you become syndicated, that means that it's going to continue to run and you're going to continue to get paid off of it. Right, Marty? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I got to break the game down for the young players that don't understand the game. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we don't know because the information that we're given sometimes is in bits and pieces. So it's up to us to give us the whole perspective of it all. When you create a television show, you're trying to create that syndication, that word to where they're picking it up in different countries and different markets and they're making your show go when you're not going no more. Because right. we, we see your show in different countries and your show come on as if it was brand new because there's some kids that wasn't born in the 90s that didn't see it. Right, So right. now they being, you know, raised on it and they see what the show means to them, so it's, it just keeps the show going on. You like good times and, and what's happening in the Jeffersons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You in that class right, now, dog. Right, right, right. How that feel? Well, I feel good, but people be rolling up on me. What <laughs> up? <laughs> you know, I get that a lot, you know, but it's cool. Which character was the biggest for you on that show? Well, I would say the biggest is probably was be Shanene. Shanene was bigger than Romy Rome? Yeah, I, the reason why I say that is because Shanene was next door. <laughs> she she was more in the in the show than, than Jerome was. Right. You know, and she just had a more integral part than Jerome did in the show. Man, but, I love Romy Rome when he stepped in. Oh, Romy Rome was the man. Romy was the man. You turned us on to the Himalayas. We didn't even know what the Himalayas was. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. Now everybody know what the Himalayas is. None of you niggas knew what the Himalayas was till Romy Rome put y'all up on geography, man. <laughs> so, Martin, you had a chance to work with Robin Harris, Eddie Murphy, and Will Smith. Mm -hmm. Which one of those experiences was like the best time for you on screen as an actor where you could just really completely be who you wanted to be? I would have to say playing my role and sticking to it, 
uh, I would have to say life with Eddie. Hmm. You know, because Eddie, you know, I looked up to Eddie. Eddie's my, you know, like, was like my idol coming up, you know, him and Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. So having the opportunity to work with him and be alongside him and watch him work up close, it was like, you know, you you being awe sometimes because you're working with the best. And to see him do what he do and be as sharp as he is and mm. quick as he is, I was just like in awe at times. That is a classic movie. I love it. I love when it come on BET. Just to show you and Eddie together, man, that's that's like hip-hop. If you got two great rappers that you know they deserve each other mm -hmm. and they finally do a record or a mo or, or uh, some sort of movement together, mm -hmm. you applaud that. That that was that was artistry right there at its finest. Life, you and Eddie. Mm -hmm. And Bernie Mac was in there too, right? Yeah, Bernie, Bernie was in there. Jangaline. <laughs> Jangaline. Motherfucking Jangaline. Well, you know what I always thought we should do is like the Mac. Hey, nigga, you, don't play. Nigga, nigga. Because <laughs> I felt like you play, you play. Nigga, the, don't you, you. You play the Mac, I play Richard Pryor's part. I play Richard Pryor's part. That would be hot. Goldie? <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> you gotta believe in me, baby. Look, man, that's my favorite movie, man. I went to go see Max for his birthday, man. He just turned 74 years old, right? Me and Bishop Magic One, we drove up on him and paid him a visit. And man, Max Julian is still in his right mind. Yeah. He's strong, still in his right mind. Right. So it's like that would be a treat if we could do that over while he's still here. Yeah. To see that. He told me that Richard Pryor cussed out. The motherfucking director and told him, motherfucker, you can't write no lines for me. I'm doing my own shit. Yeah. And was off the rip with his shit. Yes, he was. No script. <sighs> so when we watch the Mac now, we looking at Richard Pryor, we like, that nigga didn't have no lines. Them is all. Them him. I ain't running nowhere. You got to shoot me in the head. Goldie, they threw down on us. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That's, that's my favorite movie of all time. Anybody that know me know that the Mac is number one and Snoop Dogg's Artifacts. I got the Mac playing at all times on one of my TVs. You can know that, or it's about to come on. Either it's on or it's getting ready to come on or it just went off. It's perfect for you, though. It's right? perfect to play that, that role. It's perfect. Goldie, you know, like, <laughs> hey, baby, you don't have to go through all that shit to be with me. <laughs> <laughs> So you've been in films and you've been on Broadway? Yeah, man, I've been around. I met my wife actually when I was doing Broadway. I was out there in New York and uh, you know, it's cool, got the same dance act and do all that. And then uh, that was about eight years ago. We met, you know, cut two, we married now with a couple kids. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been uh, it's been great. So, you know, I try to, cause I was a kid mm -hmm. growing up in this. I've been in this since I was like 10 years old, so over 30 years, mm. you know, and um, like we're the same uh, uh, era, same yes, age sir. and everything. Yes, so it's, you know, it's very difficult. That's why I got mad respect for you too, cause making those transitions uh, after so many uh, yes. different types of errors, right, are very yeah. difficult. But you keep reinventing yourself, keep doing different things, and you know that's what that's what I try to do because there are no rules really in entertainment, right? No. So you got to write your own rules, you know, and that's exactly. what you're doing because you've been from television shows to hosting shows to live performances to movies to to every element. So what element is it that you love the most? You know, I do. I like. All forms of entertainment. I got. I, I like to get a chance to perform, and I did some at the Hollywood Bowl recently. Another another play, and just finished like this Christmas movie. But I got to be honest. I love being a host mm -hmm. the most because I like. It's just what comes more natural. Whether I'm hosting like, uh, you know, carnesadas at my house or, or game <laughs> nights yeah. or whatever. I think if you just like people and you just like to talk, 
then you're you're always kind of a host. So I, you know, there's no cooler thing than I think when you just get to be yourself mm-hmm. and, and hang out and, and get to talk to people. That's why I like doing my show extra uh, so much because I'm 10 years in and I get to talk to like the most fascinating people in TV, film, music. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it goes into sports and politics and all that. So, and I'm genuinely like inquisitive. So I enjoy doing that. One of my directors on the show, he's a real big fan of yours. He. Uh, what, what did you want him to do? And I wouldn't ask him to do oh, it. Oh, I thought I thought I, <laughs> I, I talked to him. He, he wanted you to reenact one of the scenes. With the, uh, with the he movie. wanted me to rock my old school mug because I, I used to have kind of like a Jerry Crow mug back in the day. <laughs> I thought it was tight back in the day. It was. It was a little tight, right? It was. Uh-huh. That's why he that wanted, was an era. That's why he wanted to see he it again. wanted to see it. Hey, I'm just happy. I'm glad uh, I still have my hair. I appreciate it, though. Thank you. <laughs> yes, sir. Is there a particular actor that, or an actress that you interviewed that Shocked you that they knew who you was? Well, yeah, Al Pacino like knew who I was when, it, and I was like, "Dang, Al Pacino, how do you know? How you know who I am, right?" I'm like Tony Montana. Right? They don't you know, understand. They, they don't understand that we still have that spirit in us when we meet certain people and they know who we are. It blows our mind. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like you meeting all these great actors and actresses. So Al Pacino knowing you had to be like, yeah, no, that tripped me out. <laughs> He's like, like hey, Mario, how you doing? I was like, oh, you Scarface, know me? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, there's always kind of like those pinch me moments, which is kind of cool, you know? That's fly. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't colors. You know how dope was that movie? Not just because I was in, but how dope was that movie? That movie right there was one of the greatest. It holds up, huh? Still. It still holds up. That movie's dope. Still. What what did you do in Colors? I saw the picture, but I I I don't Well, I was supposed to be um, Felipe's, I was supposed to be Felipe, but I was too tall for Trinidad Silva, so I was Felipe's friend. (laughs) 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 And I thought I was going to completely edit it, but I still made it. (laughs) So I was like walking down when I was with uh, 21st Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember 21st Street? (laughs) And then with Frog. Yeah. With Frog, and I was the dude with like, the little talk can, and I forgot what I... What and they had a black here? gang leader. The leader was the... Uh, no, was yeah, the in, the, in the Mexican yeah. gangs, no, they had, a, they had a couple brothers in there, which was tight. They had the white dude, Malachi from yeah, Children of the Corner. Wero. Yeah, the Wero, he was tight. He was like the OG Miklo. <laughs> but, um... From Blood In, Blood Out. Yeah, yeah, that's a dope movie, too. But no, I was in Colors. Yeah, that was dope, because Sean Penn and uh, Dennis Hopper Dennis directed Hopper. that. Yeah, Robert Duvall. Man, Damon Wayans was in that movie. Don yeah. Cheadle. The rap was dope, too. I am a nightmare walker. Yeah, psychopath classic. Talking. Yeah, classic. Mario, yeah. you part of this West Coast Foundation, yeah, man. <laughs> they thought it was just saved by the bill. Man, no, please, man. He's been doing this here, man. I've been a fan of yours since the first time I seen you on screen. I don't even know what movie it was. It was a movie where you, you, you kidnapped somebody and you was beating him and he you had that that malady <laughs> what was that movie called misery misery oh yeah. my god i loved you you was so like scary but at the same time it was like it was amazing thank you how did you get that role um I, it was um it was luck really uh, rob reiner who was the director of the movie was going out with a woman that i was doing a play with and so he would come to the play every night you know, and he would see her, but he would see me. And I, I was playing a fanatic, and so I think that kind of put it in his head. Mm-hmm. And he had his own company, so he could decide to use somebody that nobody knew instead of a star. So it was just pure luck. Another role that I loved you in, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucking water boy, man, I, come on, man. Foosball. Mama didn't like that foosball. Uh-uh. <laughs> foosball is the devil. Disjointed. 
a show on um, Netflix that I love watching. And with you as the, the leading actress in the cannabis movement, did you ever think? No. <laughs> I never knew. I never because when I was in college, when I was you know kind of coming up, everybody was doing it, but nobody told me about it. What? Because I was so straight. Oh, okay. I was so square. You was a square. I was totally a square, and I had no clue about anything. But that's good because you look amazing. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not bullshitting. I'm telling you the truth. Am I lying, fellas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say this shit first. You look fine as a motherfucker right now. Some real shit. Like <laughs> you got your shit together, Kathy. Like on some real. You know what I'm talking about? I've been watching you for years, and you got it together. <laughs> you hear me? Thank you. No, and, and sometimes being a square is cool because you can't allow people to allow you to be who they are. You have to be who you are. Can I promote my, promote my thing? I got these brand new fishnet condoms that are coming out, so make sure you look out for them. Wait a minute, no, a what? A fishnet, fishnet condom. I just, it's brand oh, new. Oh, so you can feel? Yeah. You get more you, feel? You get more feel in Oh, okay, I'm stroking already. You know what I mean? Nigga said fishnet, mm -hmm. black pantyhose, thick leg, them big booty holes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, the only way I'm going to be able to sort of like peruse and meet the people that I was talking to or yelling at outside the Roxbury, throw the parties because the girls will come to the party. Here's the key though. The reason the girls would come to my parties is because I talked to an old school chick that I met in, L in LA when I first got here. She used to let me stay in her apartment mm -hmm. and, and watch her kid. I said, what's the key to having girls around? She said, Fox, make sure the niggas that are around you are cool too. Mm. Make sure they not putting no pressure on the pussy and you good. So because what we hate is when we come to the party, we know you threw it just to fuck us. Mm. So I said, okay, I got it. So I would throw my party. It would be cool. And they'd be like, oh, you mean y'all not trying? Nah, we cool. It's all good. So hey. So the first party I threw was a Halloween party. I went all out. I spent like $1,200. I had um, uh, uh, a theme or barbecue over here, whatever, whatever. So everybody come to the party, right? But I'm trying to get Wesley Snipes there. Mm. And I know if Wesley Snipes come and signature my party, this shit gonna be off the chain. So everybody come through, yo, yo, God bless, heavy D at the time. I'm like, oh, snap. I'm like, oh, this is getting crazy. And they don't really know me yet, because I'm just sort of just on a living color person. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, nigga, that black nigga pull up in a black car. A black, black nigga in a black car? Hell black? yeah, nigga. That nigga had an African, a dark, he had a dark skinned car and a dark skinned nigga get out of the dark skinned wow. car. He was like, huh, yeah, this is nice. <laughs> That's all right. And I was like, that nigga really talk like that. He said, huh, before he talked, huh, yeah, this is great. That nigga can smoke a joint, too. And he smoked a joint, played chess. I made sure he had everything. Then we got food from the whole thing. And that's what started the party. But this is what I found out, Snoop. It wasn't just the party. It was the artist that was there that could connect and holler at each other. You got cube vision popping like. Shit, this shit popping bigger than any record label or any record that you ever did, like on the movie side. How did you make that transformation to fall into the movie world and be so heavy into it? First of all, it was get in where you fit in, mm -hmm. you know, where, it's, where it started. You know, shout out to John Singleton who actually discovered me. You know, he actually was like, yo, <clears throat> I want you in my movie. Mm. So, but I felt like being an actor wasn't good enough. To, to be able to really do all the things I wanted to do and to be able to do the kind of movies I wanted to do mm -hmm. at the Boys in the Hood. 
So I knew getting behind that camera and uh, was important and, and writing was important because until you have the material you want to shoot, mm -hmm. you don't have no movie. So it all starts with, with the writing. So I got into writing early. Like right after I did Boys in the Hood, I started writing my own scripts. Mm -hmm. They was whack, but I started. And, yeah. the, and the third one was, was Friday, you know, with DJ Pooh. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where it all started. You know, it's like, you know, John, when I first did Boys in the Hood, he was like, dude, <laughs> when are you going to start writing? And I was like, John, what you talking about, man? I, I can't write no movie. He said, he said, yes, you can. You write, you write them lyrics like you can. You can write a movie. And he said, uh, what, you think they're going to have movies like Boys in the Hood waiting on you after this? <laughs> so I was like, damn. You didn't think like that at yeah. that time, right? No, nah, no. Nah, you know, I was just thinking about trying to get the part right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking about trying to get the part right. So, making sure you nailed it as an actor to where motherfuckers was like, nigga, you did your thing on screen. Exactly. You know what I mean? So after that, I was like, you know, I'm going I'm to uh, have to get into this writing shit. You know what I mean? Because if I don't, then it's just going to be bad. I'm going to be just an actor just sitting around waiting for somebody to call me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fuck that. I want to thank my special guest. I want to thank y'all for tuning in to my special guest, Mario Lopez. You can catch him on Extra every day, all day. I fucked with that one. Man, <laughs> that was we're, hard. we're good together. Now, this is the GGN News Network. I want to thank my guest, the one and only, the greatest to ever do it, Mr. Martin Lawrence. He is the greatest to ever do it. I said it to his face, and I'm saying it to your face. In a real motherfucking way. I'd like to thank my guest, the one and only, Ice Cube. Thank y'all for watching the GGN News Network. I'm Nemo Hose. And we out this bitch.